Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Everyone knows when you go to lunch or dinner now, first thing people do is take out their phone and put it on the table in front of you like it's a revolver in the old Wild West. <laughs> That's a threat to you. You got 10 seconds to say something interesting. As your story slows down, they just start reaching for it. Hi, this is Dr. Demento, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio. Don't forget to stay D. This is Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. And I'm Justin Lemming. We are the show that talks about computers, technology, and the internet. Welcome back to another week of Tech Talk Radio. Yes. Good to have you back uh, once again with us. I know you, you had a busy week. You had a, uh, a oh. birthday party. Uh, yeah, so we, yeah, we threw a birthday party for my son one year. We had a couple kids come over and they played in an inflatable ball pit and... I've been I've been steadily munching down leftover cupcakes and fruit punch for the last couple of days. I think that's what we're going to call the show: leftover cupcakes and fruit punch. <laughs> the names we come up with, people are like, "What? What do they mean by this?" But now, now, now you know that. Yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's been a busy week. You ever watch uh, any of the TV shows like Seinfeld? You know, or Friends? Oh yeah, that's where they kind of change. They used to just call it episode. Mm-hmm seven episode one yeah you know on old tv shows and then somebody yeah. said let's come get creative with the uh with the naming of the show and that's where that kind of all began and and now it's like taking it to a whole new level with um big bang theory i mean their their show titles oh they're great i love them just absolutely i mean for one i can't even pronounce half of them and if i do pronounce it i don't know what it means i have to google it to see what they're talking about like uh the con- conundrum compendium or something like <laughs> what <laughs> I uh, I'll be honest with you. I've not watched that show uh, in about a year. I, I you know I know Big Bang Theory is like you know the show. If you're it's the number one uh, sitcom right now. I think yeah, if you're a geek. You like shows. Yeah. It's a number one network sitcom. That's the whole thing. Yeah. It's you know on the networks. And I think that's part of the problem is I just haven't been watching very much network television. And what have you you've been doing a lot more watching Amazon Prime and stuff like Amazon that. Amazon Prime, you know, yeah, that that kind yeah. of thing. Hulu. And Speaking of that, I we just got done. Misa and I just got done watching Stranger Things season two. What do you night. think? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I I, I definitely liked it. We kind of saw it happening. We we're like, okay, I think this is what's going to happen, and sure enough, it did. No spoilers, but uh, yeah, Stranger Things two, um, great as always. I I'm so looking forward to Stranger Things season three. Now, for anybody who's never seen Stranger Things before, it kind of reminds me a little. And it was funny because I was watching some – I watched this really great documentary out Spielberg. I think we talked about that. Um, and they were talking about uh, the making of E.T. 
And you know, remember the kids on the bikes and the clothes yep. they were wearing? That was yep. that definitely, you know, the eighties, eighty what, eighty two, eighty three? Uh actually season two takes place in eighty four. You, Which actually season one does too because it's right after season one happens. So yeah, it's because I saw a sign that said eighty four, and all the characters all look like they were right out of the ET movie. Exactly, <laughs> the, the whole thing revolves around at the in the eighties, and uh, it's it's about a show about uh, some secret government testing that happens in a small little town in Indiana, and it kind of opens up this dimension to a or a new a portal to a new dimension that. These really scary monsters come from, and uh, it's not a horror show, but it does have some horror elements to it. Has it. some scary parts, yeah. It's got some, it's got some freaky parts, but for the most part, it's 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 uh it's pretty decent. My wife hates horror movies; she refuses to watch them. Yeah, but she loves Stranger Things. It's it tells so, a good story. Well, see, and does. that's that's the whole thing. If it tells a good story, it's it like for example, um, and and we're talking about different things here, but uh, while Gloria did not like Seinfeld, she loves Curb Your Enthusiasm. Okay, because it's it, you know it's focused really a lot more on one main character, the sad guy, but all the cool people around him, and you kind of feel bad for the sad guy, which would be Larry David. Um, the Seinfeld, you had him. It, George is Larry. You had Seinfeld. You had Elaine, and you had Kramer. Now, all of them were nice, but it's funny how people's tastes are different when it comes to that. I thought scary. I, Stranger Things was kind of scary. Okay, you know, yeah. especially I mean, the first is, season. Yeah. You know, there's some crazy things that went on in that. It was a really, yeah, it's a really good, uh, really good show. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's been a busy week, and and you know, it, things are g getting back to normal now after our trip to Japan. I gotta <laughs> ask you though, I gotta, okay. you know, the big thing this week, and <clears throat> you know, we talked a lot about it before, and then we, last week we didn't really talk about it, and you were gone for a month. Um, what the heck is going on with blockchain and crypto? Um, ah, you know it. And people have said, that's it. It's the demise. It's, you know, it's down. <laughs> it's the apocalypse. Others have said, wait a minute. Wait for it to get down to eight. And that's when you buy. Because it's going to go up again. Uh, some are saying it could still go up to 50K or 100K for a Bitcoin. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I, I'm actually, I look at it like this right now. Um, I look at it like everything's on sale. Yeah. And then that's and that's my positive outlook to it. I, I literally think that everything's just on sale right now. Um, there was, I mean, <clears throat> if you looked at over the holiday season, and that's when Bitcoin just really took off in November, December. Yeah, it was huge. There were so many new adopters. So many people wanted to get into the game, and that's what uh, that that's what caused the the price to just you know fluctuate so much. And now those same people they start to see the price go down. They're like, oh my god, I gotta sell, I gotta sell. I'm gonna lose my money. They don't understand the concepts of trading. And so they were selling, and that was obviously when people start selling and more people start selling and it com you know compends, uh, compounds upon itself. Yeah. That's what happens, and that's what's happening now. People are saying, well, my God, the, the price just keeps going down. I, I got to get out of this. Right. And they sell it, and they end up losing money. But the rest of us traders who actually are smart enough to realize the technology behind Bitcoin, we're not in it that's just That's not to going get away, right? It's not going away. No. So neither is Bitcoin. So that's the thing is I, I keep telling people, they're like, well, I got out of it. I'm like, no, hold on to it. I'm, I'm personally in a position right now. I, I did a little bit of trading back in November and December, just trying new things, you know, getting some different coins, Litecoin, Ethereum, uh, NEO. But now I'm in a position where I'm just holding. I'm not even really buying anymore right now. I, right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting a few hundred bucks a month into my Coinbase just to hold it there uh, like, like a bank. And then when I want, I can go ahead and just purchase some Bitcoin when I feel like it's, you know, the bottom of the bottom. Right. But otherwise, I'm not actively trading. I'm just literally holding on to what I have. And everything I have is on my ledger, my hardware wallet. 
So if an exchange goes down uh, um, and they won't take my money, if they get hacked, I, they won't get my money. And that's the thing. You hear about that in the news, too. I mean, there's a lot of news happening around it. I mean, well, <clears throat> okay, so the big news, of course, this uh, past week, Facebook uh, announced that they were eh. no longer going to be allowing ads for for Bitcoin uh, because for any, for any cryptocurrency, yeah, not just Bitcoin, um, because let's face it, there and they've been talking about this in the crypto group, which has always been providing great info uh, because there have been a lot of scammers. Yeah, so I think that really honestly came about because there was a person, uh, I don't know who it is, but there was a person that actually created a Facebook ad for Binance. Binance is an exchange, right? Just like uh, just like Coinbase is. They created an ad for Binance, and the link said Binance.com, but what they didn't really tell people, what that was happening was when you click that link to go to the Binance, it was actually that person's referral link. Oh, wow. So, and that's not a bad thing. Okay, it's a legit. They took them, it took them to the legitimate site, and they could sign up through Binance. But the thing is, is once that person signed up, because they clicked on a referral link and got referred by that other person, that first person now gets a cut of their uh you know of their yeah. uh, uh, commission that's what this person was doing and it was kind of misleading yeah and, and people were you know yeah exactly because it looks like a an ad for binance on uh on on facebook and so then at, right after that and it went viral many people were talking about it saying oh my god this guy's genius i mean making yeah. an ad and uh and it links to his referral so he's you know he's paying for the um for the Facebook ad, but he's getting a lot back in return. But I think right after that, that's when Facebook said, no, we're not going to do it anymore. Now they haven't shut down groups like uh, crypto is, no. is still there. Yeah. They're not, they can't, they're not going to shut down the groups. If they start doing that, they're going to, that's going to be censoring and that's really going to hurt them in the long run. But I don't care that they really are going to do the ads anymore. I don't think it's really effective. I think the media was kind of blowing it out of proportion saying, Oh my God, that's the beginning of the end right there. Well, if you can't advertise. That, but that's the whole thing. I think it, it frightened a lot of people. And I'm wondering if it frightened them to the point that they said, well, no, it's because they made it seem, seem like it was almost scamish, the whole idea of blockchain crypto. I mean, like, like it's just, you know, you, you we're not going to allow the scam to continue. It was almost like what it sounded like. So then people are saying, well, I'm glad I didn't get involved. And now people are talking about the downfall and how we've seen, you know, the value kind of plummet down a bit. Um, they don't understand the, the, the trading theory. I just wonder if it's it's scaring people from getting in. I mean, yeah. if you if you were going to get in, this would be a great time because again, the the values are lower. You're on sale, like you said. The, you know. the other thing that happened though this week, though, if you've kind of followed, um, I mean, there's two actually big things. Uh, there's a major exchange that got hacked and they stole up um, upwards of there's like four hundred million dollars worth of that particular coin, and that hit the news. People are saying, "Oh my god, you know, see, yeah. this is what's going to happen. You're going to get hacked. You're going to lose your money. You won't." If you have your money stored on a hardware wallet or a paper wallet, if you keep it on the exchange, yeah, you're running into the there's fact a chance. that you, there's a chance that you might get that. But otherwise, that wouldn't be a big deal. The other thing that happened this week that kind of got people's eye, uh, Tether, which is a form of a coin. It's a coin that is is basically they, they, they claim that it's backed to the U.S. dollar. Right. So that way, if this crashes, if you buy Tether, you will never lose uh, down to where it's worth on, on the U.S. dollar This scale. is what so, was said, yeah. What was said. And people were like, oh, I'm going to get Tether. I'm going to get Tether because I'm going to use Tether to to do this and do that. And now all of a sudden, the just or the Securities and Exchange Commission, I, I believe it was, of the U.S. has uh, subpoenaed 
the the company um, Bit when is it Bitfinex? I think it's Bitfinex. Uh, and saying, look, we want to audit your system. We don't believe that you have $480 billion backed Whoa. up. Wow. And and so we want to make sure that you actually are having every dollar that you say you have backed up. So Because if they don't, it's going to cause Tether to crash. And, and Tether would then bring the price of Bitcoin down even further because Tether is really closely tied to Bitcoin. Right. But again, it's it's all these fake uh, fake companies coming out trying to jump on the bandwagon and trying to make quick buck that are hurting the long run. But honestly, though, as, as these companies are found out and they're discovered and they're taken away, that's going to leave the real companies behind and, and, and they're still going to be there chugging along. And if you've invested in those companies and you got the right investments, you're going to take off. Somebody asked me the other day, said, how much money have you lost? I said, nothing. I've not, I, I haven't lost, lost a cent nope. uh, right now. It, you know, it's, it's, <clears throat> you know, I don't want to kin it to gambling, but you know, it's like, I put my, I have my original money still and yeah, the money, the money that I, I've made in the last couple of months is, is dwindled down a bit, but I haven't lost a cent. And that, that's the whole thing is people got very frightened and they pulled their money. And that's why we see that roller coaster. And I'm wondering if now people are saying, well, wait a minute. Uh, well, okay. Not Bitcoin. I'm going to do ripple or I'm going to do some of these other Bitcoin currencies sure. these cryptocurrencies. So that's why we're not seeing that big investment coming in. But it's going to take somebody to understand what this this is all about for them to come back into to Bitcoin, and I think it will happen. Yeah, of course, I think that will. I mean, I, I've got a, a couple of people that I was helping with, uh, you know, Bitcoin and everything. They they got out of it because they got they got afraid. They 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 saw it falling the price. They didn't understand the technology behind it. They thought it was just a quick buck investment, and they got out and they ended up losing money. And um, you know, they were kind of upset. And I said, look, I told you in the very beginning. First off. I'm not telling you when to buy or when to sell. So don't come at me and tell me that you're mad at me. Right. I, I told you exa- everything you needed to know. And I said, you do your own research and you understand it. If they would have understood the concepts behind blockchain technology, I think they would have been, okay, this is just a phase. It'll go. Well, yeah, I know that there's tons of other questions too about blockchain. And uh, I do know that uh, coming up a little later on in the show, we're going to talk with Lisa Green Lewis mm-hmm. from uh, TurboTax who can kind of, she's a CPA and a tax expert. We can ask her the big question uh, for people that have taken money out of their Bitcoin. You know, mm-hmm. they might have invested uh, 100000 made 400000 500000 mm-hmm. um, Is that taxable? That's been the big question. Sure, sure. And so uh, we can ask her about that coming up. But uh, that's certainly something that we've, we've kept an eye on what's been going on. Again, we want to recommend uh, for any of our listeners, and although... I think when I first started looking at Crypto Coin Trader on Facebook, a lot of it was focused on, you know, Bitcoin. Now there's so many different options, but it's great because they've been letting people in the group. And then if somebody in the group just comes off as just, no, wait a minute, this isn't right. Uh, they're pretty quick to call them out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like you've that. got a lot of really good people on there. And that's the I've been blessed with knowing and, and getting to meet and know the right people in the community that that doesn't, you know, won't lead me astray. And I've gotten my news from a lot of them. And because of that, I'm sitting in a position where I don't have to worry about the coins that I've invested in. So. Right. Exactly. All right. And now you've been having fun with your Nintendo Switch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I am quickly like I think I mentioned this last time. Uh, Nintendo Switch for me, it's the new video game console from Nintendo. It is portable and it is also dockable. So you can dock it at your home and play it on the TV screen. But it is quickly becoming my favorite console of all time. And I saw a really interesting article on Polygon that said that, uh, you know, Nintendo, they've, they've broken all the sales records with their performance of, or their sales of the Nintendo Switch. 
But what they're saying is that they could have done even better than what they did. Switch got launched uh, March of 2017, right? All right. Through the end of September of that year, March through September, they sold 7.63 million Switches. Okay. Wow. Now, the company that then went on to sell 7.24 million just through the holiday season, October through December. So they almost sold as as much as they had all year, you know, March, April, May, June, July, August, September. Uh, and they did all of that in just in October and December. And the thing is, is what the reason why is because of the demand and the supply. They've been, um, you know, when you when it first got released, you couldn't find a switch anywhere. Right. And and it went on like that for a long time until the holiday season when all of a sudden people were flooded with the Nintendo Switches. And that's how I picked up mine. But they could have gotten a lot better if they would have just had more supply because there were so many people out there that wanted this. And uh, it was just announced yesterday that the Switch has now outsold the Wii U. The, now, that was their last um, their last console that really just failed. It was not a very good console. But its entire lifetime sales have just been surpassed by the Switch in less than one year. So people love it. People love it. The games are great. I love the ability that you can just pick it up and go, take it with you, play on the road, bring it home, set it in. And, and like I said, the games are amazing. Uh, that the new Zelda, Breath of the Wild, um, uh, Super Mario uh, Odyssey. I mean, those are some really good quality family games. And so if, you, if you're into gaming or have somebody, you know somebody who is into gaming, maybe you're looking to buy a present, I would highly recommend getting the Nintendo Switch. How, now, how much do they go for? I think they're typical, uh, typically on par with uh, that of uh, of the Xbox or PS4. I think they're two ninety nine, or maybe they're three fifty. I think it's somewhere somewhere right in there. Can you put a Plex app on it? No. <laughs> so it's not a it's not a tele. It does do Hulu though. It does, it does do Hulu. Right. But uh, they're they're going to come out with some more functionality, I'm sure, later on. But for right now, it's strictly just a gaming platform, and then Hulu. That's that's all it can do. I wanted to talk about something uh, that really. And I feel bad going from a, a nice family subject like that into something that has been kind of, I'll be honest with you, has been kind of terrifying me. What? And I don't want to give a link out because of the content on it. But have you been have you been following the story regarding deep fakes? Uh, no. Okay. So what here's here's the deal. Now, we know that the internet has its bright, shiny, well-lit corners. But we uh -huh. also know the internet has its dark, deep, chamber-like dungeon secret areas. Okay. And um, I stumbled across a story that I found at Vice, uh, vice.com. And I thought, no, nah, this really can't be happening. They can't be doing this. And I went ahead and I, I followed the story and I found out that it is indeed something that people are doing online and it scares the bedickens out of me. And Eating Tide Pods? No, that, that is just idiotic. Oh, okay. What is the deal with that? Uh, <laughs> Darwin right there. That's Darwin wow. at work. Isn't that crazy? I can't believe the whole Tide Pod thing. They've yeah. had, some stores have had to lock them up. Mm -hmm. um, but that that's not what this is about. And again, I, I don't want to give the link out, but I will tell you it exists. I've seen it myself. Uh, they have used machine learning, uh, which you, you hear that term a bit. Uh, it involves the software uh, and the hardware working to be able to create something based on what should be there. Um, we've seen that, uh, we've seen photo manipulation and that's, you know, and I do, I've done photo manipulation where that means somebody could send me a picture and they'll say, you know, is there any way you could pick, fix this? And I've done that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had a photo once of a family that was taken uh, in the 70s. Um, the woman in the photo was sadly uh, terminally ill. And this was a picture that meant a lot to her, but it was had been ripped in half accidentally. So uh, she sent the picture to me and we were able to put piece it back together digitally, fix it and correct it. Well, this technology is allowing people, and I apologize for anybody that's sensitive to this. There's this technology out there now that allows people to take video and combine it and mix it. Now, it's not like a CG. Uh, it is a technology that uses algorithm. And I wish I, I understood a little more about it, but I did look about it. And of course, how I originally found out about it were comments that people were taking adult film stars mm. and adult films and replacing the faces with those that are actresses uh, or actors in real world. So regular films. Re- regular films. So uh, for example, uh, they would take, uh, and one of them that's, that's been done quite a bit, I guess, is uh, the the one who's married, uh, Kristen Bell. Chris, oh. the, the actress Kristen Bell, who to me just seems like a funny, very nice actress. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the thing is, is not only is it a video that they, you know, you say, okay, use a scene here. They can manipulate the face. So they can create the face to do any movement. Um, and with that, then create what looks, in most cases, depending on who's doing it and the speed of their computer, they can use this technology uh, to com- completely replace a face. And wow. I, have, I have seen some of these. Uh, I went and looked and I was shocked that they're able to do this. And to me, it just seems like such a violation of privacy. It just seems so yeah. just disgusting. That's creepy. Because, and it's not the video it's to make me feel bad. It's like, I think, what if somebody is related to this actress uh, or actor, uh, number one, number two, kids? Um, mm. I can't imagine being Kristen Bell's husband or any of the actresses that have been, Daisy Ripley is another one, uh, and seeing this because that's an image you can't get out of your head when it's yeah. that person's face. That's how we're identified by our face. Wow. Um, and... You know, even the, the the stars that show in the films that have made these movies are saying this is wrong. Uh, number one, you know, that's their body. But number two, they're saying this is just not it's, it's just not right to do. That um, is really creepy. The technology most recently, though, I have seen uh, has been kind of split off. And now they're starting to make funny videos with it. They did one the other day. Uh, if you find it funny, uh, it had uh, Steve Carell from The Office and they replaced uh, what looks like Donald Trump on Steve Carell's face. So I'm saying there are ways that people are going to use this technology. They did something similar with uh, Carrie Fisher from the end of uh, Rogue One, where they used member computer graphics. Well, they took the they took the same type of footage and they ended up replacing it with a, a shot of Carrie Fisher and digitally manipulating her face. So they're saying that they were able to do this on a home PC, and hmm. so it, it's out there. It's it, you know so. It's one of those things I hate to say, but it is being done, and it, it is pretty terrifying. Wow, I'm watching the one right now with uh, with Steve Carell, you know, with Donald right. Trump, and, there and are, I mean, you can tell to a certain extent that it, you know it's been overlaid, but it's real. I mean, they can really manipulate the face and make it do any type of facial expression that it wants, and it's it is creepy. My concern, though, too, is uh, can you imagine uh, somebody able to make it as a news story with somebody yeah. saying something they never said? Somebody somewhere they sh- well, they they never were. You know that there's that that new show on Netflix called Black Mirror. Yes, 
they, yes. you know, they, they touch on that kind of subject and stuff. And, and, and that's actually in real things that people have done that in, in real life where they've, you know, terrorists have released a, a, a statement saying that they, they have somebody in particular, you know, in, in custody or, or in their possession. And it's really not, you know, it's a fake, it's, it's not really not them. I mean, there was movies even based, based on this technology, but yeah. and now that, it's really coming out. We're starting to see it in the fact that it's done with home PCs. Wow. Uh, that's what's uh, even crazier. Like, like I said, there's an entire thread on Reddit. Uh, that's where I found the story. And again, it says, I don't want to give a link to it because of the content. However, it is something to know that's out there and it's, uh, it, it's pretty scary. And wow. you know, it, it talks about technology. And I don't know if you saw the video with David Letterman and President Obama, uh, on Netflix. It was his first interview. They touched on Twitter and how Twitter can be a, an extremely useful tool, but we're seeing technology twisting things and turning things, um, which when you look at the algorithm for, for Twitter, it, it's a little scary that how it can manipulate a society in saying things, whether it be for your candidate or against your candidate or against your employment or for your employment. Mm -hmm. um, you got to be, you have to be aware of that. We can't trust technology hundred percent. This yeah. is pretty creepy. Yeah. Right. Are you checking the Reddit feed? Yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 it's pretty creepy. Like I said, we're not going to, yeah, you, you can figure it out if you can find it on your own, if you want no links here, but uh, it's, it's pretty creepy. Yeah. So uh, it's a dark side of technology. It's always existed. There's always been a, a technology underground, but it is something that man, you should at mm -hmm. least know about. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Uh, it's tax time. Mm -hmm. And all taxes are just so much fun. So I uh, always like having Lisa Green-Lewis on the show. She's going to talk about uh, filing your taxes using TurboTax. That's coming up on Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Justin Lemmy. You can find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Hey, folks, this is Sam Kinison, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio right here. You understand that, you geek? Oh, oh. <laughs> Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Justin Lemmy. I'm Andy Taylor. Sometimes it's about the hardware, the gadgets. Sometimes it's about crypto, like we were talking about in the last segment. Uh, but other times it's about the software that uh, makes our lives better. And mm -hmm. uh, one of those I've been using for years, I don't know about you, Justin, but uh, Intuit's TurboTax has been really a godsend around yeah. this time of year. Yep, I've used it before, definitely. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of questions about this year. And with us on the line is uh, returning to the show, Lisa Green-Lewis, the CPA and tax expert. She must kind of like us because she's back on the show. Lisa, thanks for coming back. <laughs> Hi, Lisa. Hi, how are you? Yes, I do. Thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> you know, for those that have you know been watching television, you know, we've seen Lisa on some of the talk shows. Uh, you recently did a segment with Ellen. Yes. Now, yes, how did that go? Show. Oh, it was great. It featured one of our new products that I'm going to talk to you about. But it was great. It, she turned it into a fun game. If we if we kind of look at this year, I don't know. It just seems to me that we're hearing more about uh, the taxes and the tax filing. And I think there may have been a lot of confusion. We just heard, all of us heard about the new tax reform that was just passed by the Trump administration. How does that affect? It's not going to really affect people this year, right? It's going to affect them next year? For the majority of taxpayers, it doesn't impact your taxes that you're filing now. It'll be for 2018 taxes that you file in 2019. What are some of the things, though, that have changed, say, for this year's filing over maybe the previous year? There's a few changes. So if you are able to claim uh, medical expenses, the threshold 
for which you could claim those expenses is lowered. So before it was at your expenses, if they were over 10% of your adjusted gross income, then you would get to claim those medical expenses that you paid for over that amount. Now it's lowered to 7.5%. That's one of the changes. And then another change that um, was put into place if you live in a federally declared disaster area, they've eased some of the requirements for claiming your casualty loss. So um, that is one of them. So there were a lot of hurricanes last year. So people that live in those areas, um, they'll be able to claim their loss. Um, And they can also, in order to uh, claim earned income tax credit, they can look back at their 2016 income if it was lower and makes them eligible for that credit. Say in 2017, their income was higher and they were not lower, they can look back at 2016. Being a CPA, have you found over the years that people that just decide to do this on paper, they get the book you know, from, from the IRS and they start going through it, did they miss a lot of deductions? Um, doing it the old way, you could miss a lot of deductions. And that's the beauty of using TurboTax. It walks you through just simple questions about you. And then it guides you through your tax return. You don't need to know about the tax laws or tax forms. It's already up to date with the latest tax laws. And, you know, it makes it really easy. We have ways that it imports your information, so it eliminates data entry. You can import your W-2 from your employer or financial institutions. You could snap a photo of your W-2, and that information can import to the correct forms. So, yeah, it makes it really easy. What is going to be, like, the big difference between somebody who uses basic and deluxe. I mean, you kind of have a product for everybody's need. Um, yeah, whatever your situation. And online, we have the ability. So there are over 60 million taxpayers that have a simple tax situation. Um, they can file a 1040EZ or 1040A form. They can file for free um, with our TurboTax Absolute Zero online. And then all the way up to if you're self-employed, we have TurboTax Self-Employed which is online. And with that, we have industry-specific deductions. So one in five taxpayers are becoming self-employed every year. And we're also seeing the on-demand economy growing. Intuit did a study. The number of people in the on-demand economy is going to grow by 2020 to 7.6 million from 3.5. Six million. Wow. So we're seeing explosive growth in that area, and we really want to help those customers in that you know that are self-employed. So with our industry-specific deductions, it uses machine learning, and it actually finds specific expenses related to your industry. Um, it could be niche industries like a photographer. So it'll serve up expenses like uh, video equipment or film something very specific to your situation. If somebody in this line of work requires them to drive uh, to a certain location, there's the mileage deductions, which uh, can add up quite a bit. Our TurboTax self-employed, it integrates with our QuickBooks self-employed, which you can track your income, expenses, and mileage year-round. And then that information can import to your 
TurboTax self-employed tax return. So it's really great that those are integrated. And then new this year, we have TurboTax Live, where you can connect live via one-way video to a CPA or enrolled agent and get your tax questions answered. And then the CPA or enrolled agent can even review, sign, and file your return. So you're able to get that expert advice from the comfort of your couch. You don't have to hire a babysitter. You don't have to uh, take off of work. You're just getting that expert advice in the comfort of your home. There's been a lot of question, and we were just talking about crypto a little while ago. Ah, yeah. The people that have you know, had a, a tremendous gains in uh, investing with cryptocurrency, uh, which you as a CPA may not recommend. However, some people have had gains, and if they've taken those in 2017, they've taken those, uh, are they mm-hmm. going to be subject to, to tax on that? Yes, they are. It's just like, um, you know, if you have a stock, it, if you're holding it as an investment, it is a capital investment. And so you will pay um, capital gains taxes. But that's only if you, you will, that's you only if you take out. It. If yeah. you sell it. If you sell it, yeah. Or or you or yeah. you use it to trade for a different coin or something. Like ah. if you go from Bitcoin to Litecoin, that's considered a transaction. But Lisa, my question right. is, and I'm and, and, and if we're gonna get a little bit off of your expertise, just let me know. But the big argument people were having was that how is the IRS gonna know what I've done? How are they gonna know that I'm out there trading on Binance or Bitrex? Yeah, there was a big story about Coinbase, the big exchange, being uh, subpoenaed to hand over their records of people that had put you know, t- over $20,000 per year. They were supposed to hand that over to the IRS so that way they can find out who's doing it. But if I've got something like $5,000 in there, you know, how is the IRS going to be able to know? I mean, is this, this is going to have to be kind of an honor system, really, for a couple of years until they get this ironed out, don't you think? Right. Well, the IRS, they did in 2014, they placed regulations on it mm-hmm. and ah. um in saying that you're required to claim that that sure. money really kind of interesting um, some of the exchanges are reporting it okay yeah yeah okay. now i, yeah, I talked some to, of the exchanges are i talked to somebody the other day and uh he was doing his taxes uh the old-fashioned way and I told him, I said, dude, what is the old fashioned? The old fa- is get in the book and you sit there and you handwrite it all in. You use the guidebook the IRS has. And, you know, honestly, um, I told him, I said, you're going to miss out on a lot of re- uh, taxes. He's like, well, I don't think it's going to bother me that much because I'm retired. But, you know, in, in the end, he found out because he was using the old fashioned way. Um, he was missing some some, you know, deductions and he was paying out a lot more than he thought he would be paying out. Um, and I, I, hopefully he did take my advice and go and get the, into it. What would somebody that is retired, which version would be the best for them? If they've got a, a re, you know, retirement, a pension, and maybe even a, a home mm-hmm. investment that they're renting out. Yeah. So if they own a home, um, let's say first they just own a home and they're not renting it out, um, they would be able to use our deluxe product. And then if they do have rental property, they could use Premier. And then, of course, we talked about our new product, um, TurboTax Live. If they have questions, you know, they want to talk to a CPA or enrolled agent, then they will be able to use TurboTax Live. It is so incredibly easy to use. Now, the prices vary uh, from $39.99, well, free, to $39.99 to $109.99. What are the the requirements, Lisa, for anybody listening that maybe doesn't make a lot of income? Maybe they have a small business that, you know, hasn't generated that much money. Uh, what are the requirements to file? The IRS 
IRS income requirements, if you're single, uh, it's $10,400 and over. And then married filing jointly, it's $20,800. But I always suggest that if anyone has worked, even if they're under those income amounts and they have federal taxes taken out, and then also if they're eligible for refundable credits like earned income tax credit or um, the American Opportunity Tax Credit, they should file their taxes. Um, the IRS every year reports close to a billion dollars in unclaimed refunds, and that belongs to people who don't file their taxes or they think that they make too little money to file, but they've had federal taxes taken out. Hmm. Now, uh, Lisa, for somebody that maybe hasn't uh, filed for a couple of years and they're hearing this, they think, oh, I've got to do it. I've got to do it. And I've always said, get it done. Uh, what uh, Can they still buy previous years of the TurboTax product and do their taxes? Yes, they can. Um, when they go online, they can look up our the previous year's taxes and they can go back to those years. Now, the nice thing about this software, too, uh, from, from what I understand, somebody could be sitting right now listening to the show, listening to this this discussion. Um, they don't have to necessarily hop into the car, drive down to, you know, Office Max or a big box store and pick up a copy. They can actually purchase it and download it. Or even in some cases, can they file their taxes and then decide, OK, I'm going to use this and purchase that copy? They can download it with a CD or you can just go online and that's doing your taxes without a CD, you could go online and e-file from there. Can you give us a website if our listeners want to get more information? Yes, they can go to TurboTax.com. Something new we have that's really cool that I think you would like because people, you know, they're filing their taxes right now. About 75% of taxpayers receive a refund. Uh, uh, just over $3,000 last tax season. Um, we have a new Alexa skill Oh, and hmm. you can, um, talk to Alexa and find out, well, track your refund. You can find out how much your refund is, uh, and what the status is. Excellent. And they could also file their state, uh, refund their state tax return, uh, through deluxe premier and home and business. Um, yes. Well, online it's, um, you know, our absolute zero product and then deluxe premier TurboTax self-employed and TurboTax live. Very cool stuff. Once again, we want our listeners to check it out. Lisa, it's always great to talk to you. Now, the yeah. thing is, you need to come to Tucson. We'll take you out to eat. We'll give you a great Sonoran dog. Uh, and then I can write it off. I mean, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> As always, Lisa Green Lewis, thanks again for coming on Tech Talk thank Radio. You, All right. Okay. Thank you. We'll be back with more Bye. of Tech Talk Radio coming up. Now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Hey, Bill Nye, the science guy here. Whenever I am listening to the radio, especially Tech Talk Radio, I, 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 it's just such a party. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. And I'm Justin Lemmy. All right, so, you know, we look at technology, and it's affecting just about everything. Yeah, you know, I've been in the market for a used car. I've been looking. Yeah. You know, my car, I got my car back. The engine's in. They did a great job. Uh, however, I'm, we're thinking about a backup car and I've been shopping. And the funny thing about it, Justin, is if the car doesn't have Bluetooth, if the car, I won't buy it. <laughs> it's, it's well, it, you kind of need it now. Well, it, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, driving here in Arizona and now it's, you know, especially in Tucson. Now they've gone completely hands-free. 
So you cannot mm -hmm. touch your phone. They're issuing yep. tickets. Tickets are pricey, like 150 bucks plus. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm looking at cars with Bluetooth. It has to have technology in it. Otherwise, it's it's not interesting me. And, you know, our cars are going to change over the next few years. Yeah. Well, what are your what are your feelings on on autonomous cars? You know, driverless cars. I You know, I don't I like driving. That's the thing. I enjoy getting in a car and driving. I've taken dr drives from Palm Springs to New Orleans. I've driven to Dallas a few times, Idaho a few times. I mean, I do like getting behind the wheel and and taking off for a drive, letting something else drive for me. I don't know. I I, I don't know if I trust the technology. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I personally, I trust the technology. I like it. I like the idea behind it. It's been proven for the past few years, especially with Tesla and, uh, you know, others, some smaller ones that are coming out, but mostly just Tesla's uh, autonomous mode. But what's interesting is, you know, the, as autonomous vehicles take on more and more, they get more and more out there. You know, you got companies like Uber and Lyft that want to get into that market because they feel that obviously if they can come out with a fleet of autonomous vehicles, they don't have to pay their drivers because there's, you know, you don't have to pay drivers anymore. You just have to have the car. That's no and good if, if you're a driver because you're going to think one day you're going to be replaced yeah, by nothing. By, yeah, <laughs> yeah, by nothing. Yeah, by, by an AI, uh, which is going to be like that way for a lot of things. Uh, but uh, the the thing with Uber, though, is that I think they actually did sign an agreement with Volkswagen to, to make an, a fleet of autonomous vehicles. But here's the latest thing that Uber is doing, and they're really upsetting a lot of people apparently um uber wants to make it illegal to operate your own self-driving car in cities what they they say that they support the anonymous autonomous vehicles in dense urban area areas should be operated only in shared fleets so they're basically trying to say is if you're in a metro area and your car is driverless uh, it's illegal to drive. That's what they want because they want you to take Uber. That's the only reason behind it. They want you to have no other means of transportation other than Uber or the public bus or whatever. They don't want you to have your own car if it's driverless. They're getting greedy and they've already, they're already really not looked at very well right now with the public. I mean, they've been going through some really bad, you know, past year uh, with other things happening. But this, this just, I mean, I can't even, I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's stupid. Well, so what they're saying, let me get this right. All right, you have a driverless car, an mm -hmm. autonomous vehicle, and you decide to go visit Chicago. Yep. Uh, and you take your driverless car, you drive from, you know, maybe 100, 200 miles, wherever you live. You make it to Chicago, and you're supposed to park your car and take an Uber and, yeah, or a Lyft. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> they want. Yeah, well, no, they don't care about Lyft. I mean, they want, to, they, they want it to be, obviously, Uber, because I don't think Lyft has any plans right now to do... Uh, autonomous vehicles but uber does Wait, but, now would you go out and buy an autonomous vehicle i mean you like driving i know you like cars uh is uh, this something you I, would do i'm not that big into driving where i i mean i personally i would rather have a yeah i would buy one in a heartbeat if i could if i could go out right now and buy a tesla model s fully loaded with the autonomous i would do it right now would you let it drive you absolutely you trust that technology enough Absolutely. I, I just, I can't, I can't see it. See, here's the thing uh, that, I mean, obviously with Tesla, you're still behind the wheel. You're technically still responsible for your vehicle, even though it's doing the driving for you. So they'd say, you know, don't, don't sit back and read a book or take a nap. You know, you still got to be able to take control if it does. There was a couple, there was a couple accidents where those people died, but those were due to negligence. <laughs> yeah, but I could be in one of those. Those, those <laughs> were due to negligence of the driver. Okay. 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 That okay. wasn't necessarily the car's, the one, the one I believe was the car's fault because the sensors got confused because of the, 
the shot the 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 ref, the reflection of the sun or something was making it so they couldn't see a particular car. My question is, if you have a driverless car, if you have a steering wheel in it and you're still sitting behind the steering wheel, even though you're not driving, you I think you technically you can't be drunk. Like if you want to go out and have a few beers and let your car drive you home, if I think if you have a steering wheel in the car and you're sitting behind it, or just even if you're sitting in the passenger seat and letting the car drive for you, I think that's still illegal. But if the car has no steering wheel, then is it legal for you to go out and get wasted and then let your car drive you home? I think mm. you would because you have no control over the car. It would be like if you were in a cab. Yeah, like, like a, a Johnny, Johnny cab. cab. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> same, same time. We didn't plan vehicle. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I, I wonder if the how that will get, you know, the diehards to just say, no, you know, I got a gas engine. Uh, I'm I'm fine. I got my big truck. Oh, I mean, you look at they're always going to be out there. That's one. You know, they, it's funny because if you look at the roads today, you will find so many of the vehicles that look like the other vehicle. For mm-hmm. example, you you look at I just what did I just drove uh, on my rental was a Rogue, Nissan Rogue. Nice nice vehicle. I liked it. Had some okay. cool tech mm-hmm. in it. But you look at the Honda. You look at the Mercedes. You look at the Toyota. Uh, you look at the Nissan. They, they, I mean, all of them look alike. Wait, I'm sorry. Are you seriously comparing a Mercedes to a Nissan Rogue? Well, I'm talking about uh, from from outside. Uh, they, I don't they, know of a Mercedes that looks like a Nissan. They have Rogue. no. They have Mercedes SUVs. They look the same. Huh. You know, Honda. All of they have. And if you look at it, they all look the same. Agree to disagree, good sir. Well, when I was driving to go look at uh, this car, I was going to uh, looking at buying. Um, I were on the I was on the freeway, and I remember a car passed me. And I said, see, it looks just like this one because I was in the road. Another car passed. It was a Honda. I said, looks just like this one. It's to the point where they're all looking alike, which I, which I think if you give it another five, 10 years, that might be all we have on the roads. Everything that looks like the other car. Well, look at the futuristic movies and stuff where they show cars. They're all the exact same car. Yeah, they mean nothing. They're like Citroens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all the exact same. Uh, but I, honestly, I really am. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to driverless vehicles. I really would like to see that. I mean, as we go forward, every year you get more and more automated technology with your car. Not necessarily automated, but like for instance, my 2017 Ford Explorer. I've got sensors 360 degrees around my car. So if I'm pulling into a parking spot, I can. It'll beep at me saying, "Hey, hey, hey you're getting a little close." Yeah, yeah. Or if I'm backing up, it's got wide sensors to let me know when a car is approaching me that I can't see as I'm backing up. It'll beep at me and say, hey, there's a car approaching. There's all kinds of things that we, you know, so slowly as tech gets integrated into our cars, we're going to become so used to it that by the time it goes from being a driver to a driverless, it's going to be like a a flip of a light switch and boom, you're driverless and and we're already used to it. Yeah, I think maybe for another generation. I honestly, I think. Well, I mean, look at the cars now with the, uh, the, uh, the. See, mine had this. I didn't buy it if I want one more step up in the model. But it's got the adaptive cruise control. Yeah. And it's got the lane keeping feature. I mean, those lane keeping features are standard on some cars. But the automatic or adaptive cruise control, which will basically you set a speed. But if the car in front of you speeds up, your your, uh, uh, cruise control will also speed up. And if the car in front of you slows down, your cruise control will also slow down. So again, those are just all automated features of cars that we're slowly starting to see integrated into vehicles that, that we're just going to start thinking is just, it's standard. Yeah. Yeah. You make a very good point, but also I don't like the the price of where cars are going. Oh, that's true too. I mean, come on $80,000 for an SUV. 
It just uh, it does not make sense. Well, I mean, sense. look at a fully loaded Tesla. It's like 130. I saw an article the other day that uh, they were actually recommending to people. Uh, and while I'd like to see the car industry do do better here in the United States, they are they were mentioning to people that sometimes the smart route is to buy a car that's between five and ten years old, pre you know pre owned with uh, the lo- best mileage you can get, sure. lowest mileage you get, and just rotate that every every three four years, and you're not spending all that money. And if you're financing all that money on interest, so I don't know. <laughs> Unless your BC does real good, your Bitcoin does good, you just go buy cash for one. Yeah, yeah, go buy a Lambo, right? <laughs> I'll buy myself a Lambo. I, I see, honestly, I, I got my Tesla fund within my Bitcoin there, so I'm hoping that maybe one day when it goes back up, be able to buy Daddy's Tesla. We'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that one and see if that actually happens. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got a note in from Stan who is thinking about buying himself a new router. Uh, and he wanted to know what we recommend and if we had ever heard of TP-Link. And, you know, I keep, I've started to see TP-Link on the yeah. shelves. And I'm, I've always thought maybe it was an offshoot of Linksys, but I'm, I'm finding out it's not. No. Um, it's a company out of China? Yeah, uh, I believe it's China. I've never really had luck with TP-Link. I mean, they may have come far uh, in the past few years, but every TP-Link product that I've ever owned, it's failed within a year or two. If you're looking to get a quality wireless router, uh, I'd say probably you know get the Netgear, the right. newer the newer Netgears. I think they're usually what a what a hundred hundred fifty. I think it depends. Yeah, it depends on you know the speed you're getting. Yeah, and the the, the features that you want on it. Yeah, um, definitely get routers that have you know five G, you know five gigahertz Wi Fi. You're gonna right. want five gigahertz. And yeah, look at the throughput that you're gonna be able to get on Wi Fi uh, because mostly yeah you know, that's what you're gonna use it for. Uh, you want to see the good a good throughput. You know, as our homes are getting faster and faster internet, uh, you need to make sure your wireless router keeps up with that. Like I said, you know, when I got my gigabit fiber from CenturyLink, my current Wi-Fi, which was only a 2.4 gigahertz, I was only getting like 15 meg up and down, and I'm like, this is no, this is not, this yeah. is unacceptable. I've got gigabit fiber, yet I'm getting 15 megabits up and down. So I went out and got the Google Home which is the a Wi-Fi router. It's the Google Home, just a small little box. Right. Then I was automatically, I was getting about 500, 500. 500 megabit up, 500 megabit down. Right. So, yeah, yeah it was much, great. Much better. Uh, I, there's others on the market like Belkin, Linksys. Uh, Linksys is what I've, I've been using. I've been pretty happy with it. Although I found that I've had to reboot my Linksys router more than I ever had to on my ACS 1900. Huh. Uh, and I, I, you know, I upgraded. I definitely upgraded on the router. Uh and I'm I've been a little disappointed in that respect. But do you have your router plugged into a UPS? Uh, no, I do See, not. That could be something because they, you know, you get brownouts or just fluctuations in power that can drastically affect the performance and the life of of any electronic equipment. I mean, I've got everything. I've got all my stuff plugged into UPSs. It's not just a battery backup. It's a power conditioner. So yeah, protects your line. Yeah, it protects your line. It keeps the power going at a constant 120 volts. I had a friend who asked me not long ago. He said that he noticed that his internet was degraded. He was using Wi-Fi, uh, and he said he noticed that it was degraded in the morning and the, in the evening. What like do you mean seven. degraded? He Speed? just would all of a sudden. He said it just it would just cut out, or he would uh, notice that it just got real, just hang. Okay. And he said it happened between like seven and eight, and then it would happen again like between uh, five and six. And so I was thinking about it and I asked him, I said, what's usually going on around that time? And he said, well, everybody's in the kitchen making breakfast and then dinner. And I said, where's your, where's your router? And, you know, he had a, his Wi-Fi router. And he said, uh, it's in the kitchen. 
I said, what's it next to it? He said, the microwave. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. There's Boom. your Move it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Don't put you next to the microwave. Come on, so you guy. Gotta, you got to think about that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Uh, we will give you our website of the week. It's kind of a cool website. I like the idea yeah. of it. All right, yeah. so that's all on the way. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Justin Lemmy. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash tech talkers or on Twitter at tech talk radio. We'll be right back. And now back to tech talk radio. Hey, this is Dietrich Bader from Batman and you're listening to tech talk radio. You've been on your computer all weekend. Shouldn't you go out and socialize with your friends? I am socializing art hard. I'm logged on to an MMORPG with people from all over the world and getting XP with my party using TeamSpeak. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. I'm Justin Lemmy. I'm Andy Taylor. It's a big question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we were talking about Tesla earlier. Have you bought your flamethrower? Did you get it? <laughs> yeah, you know what? I saw that. I was like, you know, that'd be a kind of a cool toy to have, but uh, I could see myself getting into a lot of trouble with that. That's so. not a, the thing is, it's a flamethrower. That's not a toy. Well, it depends on what your idea of a toy is. According to Elon Musk, it's a toy. All right, here's the deal. Uh, Elon Musk has this company called Boring. Which is a strange name for a company, yeah, right? Yeah. And he was trying to raise $10 million. I don't know why, but he wanted to raise $10 million. So he built these flamethrowers for 500 bucks a piece. He was selling them. And he said he's just going to sell enough to fund this $10 million. He sold 20000 of them, project funded, and now they're sold out. Yeah. Uh, they do come with a fire extinguisher. Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> with the boring, it has the boring company logo on it, too. Yeah. How boring is a flamethrower? That's not boring at all. No, that's awesome. But I, I mean, just, like I said, I could get myself in a lot of trouble with that. Yeah, I, I honestly could see somebody burning down their house. I'm going to oh, kill, yeah. I'm going to kill the spider on the wall. And- <laughs> yep. Yep. Or let's, 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 you get the, you're cooking dinner or cooking dessert and you want the creme brulee. <laughs> And you forget to have your uh, your mini torch and just whip out the flamethrower and you just melt the whole kitchen. I can see your your other half laying there, face all black with soot, the hair all burned. Kind of like Wile E. Coyote after the Acme bomb goes off. Yes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see. I'm predicting the first accident will occur at least within the first six months. Oh, so yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll hear about we'll it. I'm stories. sure we'll hear about it on the news. Yeah. So anyway, our website of the week. All right. This is a cool website. I ran across this because I'm following a a, a, a YouTube uh, streamer, and he, what he does is he plays video games online, but I like to watch him because he's very entertaining. Uh, he goes by a, a username of Stone Mountain 64 but right. He's got a way for users to support him and to be able to allow him to create this content for them because, let's be honest, it takes a lot of time to, to make these videos, to edit these videos, to get them online. So this is a way for him to do this full-time without having a job. The website is called Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. It is where you can go and you can find all kinds of different uh, content providers. They don't have to be video game streamers. They could be bloggers. They could be podcasters. They could be doing other things, uh, anything. You go there, and it's kind of like a Kickstarter in a way. So what you do is you become a Patreon of your favorite artist. And it usually is like, you know, five bucks a month, ten bucks a month. 25 bucks a month, whatever, and you are becoming a subscriber to them. And what you do is you get benefits from that. So with 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 Stone Mountain 64, uh, again, we got a little ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Got a little cow out there. Yeah. <laughs> what he's given me and the rest of his patron su- of subscribers is access to his Discord uh, chat server where he runs his games from, and we can get in there and we can all chat with each other. We can also chat with Stone himself, and we can even play games with him 
because we are supporters. So he gives us the password to his game. So that way we can all get into the game before he gives the password out to all the public. Oh, I like and, it. But for me, honestly, I just really enjoy watching his content. I think it's for me, it's worth 10 bucks a month to watch him uh, to do what he does. Again, you don't have to be a video game streamer. And if you have a project, like you want to have it, you can go and create your own Patreon and ask for people to support you. Not too bad. So if you're somebody that dabbles in the arts and you would like to say, hey, I, I would like to do this and get better at it. Uh, can you support me? Patreon's the way to go. Yep. Patreon.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. All right. That's it for this week's Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Justin Lemmy. We will see you next week. And in the meantime, check us out on Spreaker, iTunes, Google Play, and at techtalkradio.com. See you next week. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.